Blog Talk Radio.
Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Our Own Voices Live. I am Rodney Smith in the air chair today. I'm doing a solo show, so my homegirl, Miss Angela Thomas, won't be with us. So if you was toning in to listen to her, you're stuck with me. But I hope that at least me is enough for you because you are enough for me. Again, welcome you to Our Own Voices Live. The topic of our show today, now take us back to our childhood. We're going to talk about lying. So the title is Politicians Lie Because We Support Them. Politicians Lie Because We Support Them. And if you all would like to chime in to the show, please give us a call at area code 347-826. Nine six zero zero three four seven eight two six ninety six hundred. Press option one. That lets me know you would like to speak, and we're going to talk about politicians lying, the impact of lying in general, but what it does when the, our leaders lie, how that impacts us. But before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about our own voices live. Our own voices live is a radio show. Featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And some of the ways we do that is with shows like Our Own Voices Live. Of course, Our Own Voices Live came from Our Own Voices, the print and digital magazine, and that was our effort to talk about the various cultures that make up America, to educate ourselves on who we are, educate you on who we are, and, of course, for us to learn who you are. Because maybe, just maybe, if we knew a little bit more about one another, we wouldn't be so fearful of each other. When the cops say that they, they're scared of black people, suppose they're right. And maybe, just maybe, the fix for that is educating all of us about us. After all, we are Americans. So that's what we try to do with Our Own Voices Live and the whole Speak Up Network. Of course, we have Brother Levon that comes on at 11 o'clock East Coast time. And he's a younger brother that brings a slightly different flair to it. And then, of course, you have yours truly right here with my co-host, Mrs. Angela Thomas, on hiatus right now. as She takes care of some personal things, but you do have me. We also do things like porch once a month. We do our weekly gathering every Friday, usually at the Westside Bistro, located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. Once again, that's the gathering at the Westside Bistro Fridays, and it's located at 710 West Lake Mead Boulevard. From 12 to 2, come on down and say hi and maybe meet somebody new. And you just never know who's going to show up at the gathering. As a matter of fact, yesterday we had a, a political science professor come in to share some things with us. You just never know. And then we have our weekly Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. statue cleanup, and it's a community and collaborative effort. 
And we do other things. We participate with other organizations, though we may not be an organization ourselves. We surely will help augment what you are doing. I don't believe we need more organizations. We need to make the ones that we have more viable, thus making them more powerful. So that's a little bit about Our Own Voices, the Speak Up Network. And now, once again, the title of our show today at Our Own Voices Live is Politicians Lie Because We Support Them. Now, the way I introduced the show in my write-up, remember growing up in the 50s and 60s, for those of you old enough to remember the 50s and 60s, and maybe some of you others have seen TV shows, but remember growing up in the 50s and 60s, where during school we heard about George Washington chopping down the cherry tree, you know, he couldn't tell a lie. And we heard about Honest Abe, Abe Lincoln, known for his honesty and integrity. And it solidified them as heroes in our minds, and when we weren't always truthful, told that little lie, uh, sometimes there are repercussions. You know, if you were down in the south, you might have been told to get a switch. If you was up north, they might have pulled out the belt. Nowadays, they may tell you to take a time out and stand in the corner. Whatever the case, there are repercussions. But in the 50s and 60s, honesty, integrity, those were things that were instilled in us. And most of the time, it was with a story associated with our founding fathers, George Washington, and with our great president, like Abraham Lincoln, one of the greatest ever, maybe the GOAT of presidents. And so as children, your parents use those presidents, those politicians, leaders, elected officials as a high standard. In other words, that was the, the high watermark, is honest age, and remember George Washington, that cherry tree? Now, we don't know if the story about the cherry tree is right, all that we know, Abraham Lincoln was a fairly honest person. But when we think about our elected officials today, do we, how many of them do we want to name our children after because of how much they inspire us with their honesty and integrity, their truthworthiness? I could see, okay, I could see George, George Washington. I could see Abraham, Abe, Lincoln, religious. I could see that. But would you think of, just to use a couple of modern-day presidents, would you think of Clinton and honesty when you think of president? Does Clinton, President Clinton, come to your mind? Integrity, is it President Clinton? Or... Would you think of Richard Nixon when it comes to honesty and integrity? Maybe truly when things took a nosedive in our politics and the presidency. Or let's bring it to modern day, our current POTUS. When you think of honesty and integrity, do you think of our current POTUS? 
Do you even think of your congressmen, your senators, as truth tellers? Do you feel confident that when they say you should support this or that because of this or that, that they're telling you the whole story? You know, now in American politics, our Congress is at an all-time low. Now, the last Congress had been at an all-time low, and the Congress before that had been at an all-time low. It almost seems as if they're in a race to see just how low they can go. Well, I'm going to submit to you that lying in conjunction with our politicians, our leaders, all the way up to the president, impacts us, and it impacts us negatively. It even impacts our physical health along with our emotional health. But more importantly, it's like a cancer that infests our country because a part of lying tears down integrity. And just imagine a building, and it had a sign in it, and it says the construction of this building and its integrity is faulty, is minimal. The structural integrity of this building is a lie Would you go into that building If it was a tall building Would you want to go up to the top of it In the elevator Would you trust that if you press Number 10 It's going to take you to the 10th floor Will you trust that the elevator Is not going to fall down the elevator shaft Because of the faulty Structural integrity And building You see, when our institutions are institutions full of lies, when our politicians spew lies, it damages the structure of those institutions and our very political system. Lies, mistruths, half-truths, partial truths. Fake news, fake politicians, lies. I looked it up and lies, with lies you get honesty, you get integrity, that word again, lies. And I said that they lie to us because we allowed them. I went on to say in the introduction of the show, our presidents were people we looked up to. And our families aspired for us to be honest like them. We do not think of politicians as truth-tellers and surely not our current president. And then I ask the question, what happened and how is it impacting us? Did you know that lying also affects our health, and it's just not our emotional health, but our physical health. And I posted a link for an article done in U.S. Uh, US News, 
back in 2012, that talks about the impact of lying. And it's not good because the nature of it, a lie, tears down the very fabric of our society. It destroys the structural integrity of our form of government because when we elect those people off the things that they say, we have an expectation that they're going to carry them out. We believe them. That is what determines why one person versus the other get our vote. Now, I'll submit to you that because of that, that's partly the reason why our politicians lie to us. Because suppose things are going terrible, and you have two politicians vying for the same office, and one politician just comes out and tells you things are going terrible. But then another politician comes out and says, that's not really that bad. As a matter of fact, things are really good. And if you vote for me, I'm going to make it even better. Well, we have a tendency to believe the one that makes us feel better. So regardless of whether it's a lie, a mistruth, it's because it made us feel better that we tend to give our vote to that person that just lied to us. So it doesn't take long for the guy who knows that things are not good and told us that to once he loses, it doesn't take him long or her to realize that, hey, I told the truth. But he lied, she lied, and now he or she's in office. So, of course, the next time, because that person really believes they can do a great job in office, maybe they don't exactly come out and tell you that things are bad when they're bad, maybe they'll sort of mix it up a little bit and say, well, things are not as good as they can be, but I have a plan to improve on what we have. Now, some people will say, well, Roger, that's just semantics. I guess you could say that, but really things were bad. And he said things are not as good as they could be, Well, which is partially true. But it's, it's a half-truth. It's a partial truth. It's not the whole truth. Sometimes truth actually can't be life or death. If we're in war and we're out of ammo, and our largest kitchen tells us, well, I'm not going to say that we're out of ammo, but we definitely have none to spare. Hmm. So when you're making the plans to go and fight, you, you go and say, well, we don't have extra, but we might have enough, so let's go and do it. I don't know if I'd want to be the one going into battle that day. There's consequences to half-truths. There's consequences for not quite lies. Not quite lies, but they're not fully true either. There's some place in the middle, like squishy. Do you want people to be squishy, or do you want them to tell the truth? 
Rodney, there's a bus coming. If you walk out in the street in front of that bus, it's going to flatten you and good possibility, serious injury or death. Well, now that gives me, I don't want to die, I don't want serious injury, so I'm not going to step out in front of that bus. I'm going to go down to the corner where the light is like it's like I'm supposed to. Or, well, since maybe it's okay, and since he says more than likely everything will be all right, then maybe if I step in front of that bus, hey, he'll miss me. Now, I'm giving you, I'm exaggerating, but I'm showing you that lies make a difference. Give me all the data so I can make the decision for myself. Do I have enough money to pay these bills? Because maybe I want to get that sports package because we're going to have an NFL football team, and I want to see those Raiders. Not really, but let's say that was the case. And I decide that, well, let me ask, let's assume I'm, I got a partner, and I say, well, let me ask my partner. She takes care of the money. Hey, baby, I want to get that NFL uh, ticket package for the football season when the Raiders get here. It's going to cost $85. I don't know how much it really costs. This is a hypothetical here. It's going to cost $85. Do we have enough money? And she says, we're not broke. Okay, thanks, sweetheart. And I go out and get that package. Now, when she says that we're not broke, yeah, we have money in the bank, but it's all obligated for something. And that $85 I just spent on that season ticket, that season pass, is $85 that we don't have. Not only is it $85 that we don't have, so that we just went in debt $85, right? But because I wrote the check, I used my debit card, and there was no $85 there. Or maybe the $85 was there, but it was allocated to something else. And I go and I get my, my NFL ticket, and I'm ready to watch the Raiders, and I just happen to look at the mail, and I get a note or for those who use online banking. I get my email because... Yeah, I had $85, but that was supposed to go to, let's say, the the electric bill. And I just spent that on my season ticket pass. And so now my electric bill is not paid. And because I don't have any extra money, they turn off my electricity. Now, I don't know if all of y'all have lived in Las Vegas. But for those of you who have lived in Las Vegas, it's probably over 100 degrees right now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to check because, you know, I got my, I have my smartphone here. And it's night. Oh, excuse me. The temperature here is already over 100 degrees. It's 105 degrees in Las Vegas and sunny. And if I don't have any electricity, which means I don't have any AC. That means I am not happy. Plus, I'm broke, and I'm going to pay an extra charge because there's a penalty to life. So I'm going to have to pay an extra charge to my account 
for overdraft. Hopefully I had overdraft protection, but if I didn't, I'm going to pay that extra money for overdraft. Plus I still have, I'm still in the hole, $85, because I didn't have it. What I'm trying to get across as we, talk in, as we talk on Our Own Voices Live today about politicians lie because we support them is that there's a cost to lying. And what I was sort of showing is this is how it can affect us monetarily with our budget, with our home, but it can affect us other ways in life. So, for example, if I vote for that politician because I think he's in support of single-payer universal health care, throw that one out there as an example. But then not really. And when he gets into position, he actually has just the opposing opinion about it. As a matter of fact, he thinks it should be free market only and that there should be there should be higher costs for people who have, you know, maybe they were born with some type of malady. You know, that thing they call pre existing conditions. And maybe I was one of those people who had a pre-existing condition or women who have the pre-existing condition of being women, according to the free market. So how is that actually free? But because they lied, I made the wrong decision. Now, I say that politicians lie to us because we support them in lying to us because we would rather have the politician tell us, oh, no, things are not that bad. And if we do this and thus and so, it'll be better. Don't worry about that. Everything is good. The housing market, let's say this is back in 1985. The housing market is great. Go ahead and buy that home on that interest-only loan. The, high, the prices will keep going up. You can always refinance. Not true. There's an impact, and we get impacted. Those people who bought those homes wound up being upside down. It cost them. Some of them weren't able to sell their home when they needed to sell them. It cost them. Some of them, their interest rate went up two, three, four, five hundred dollars because once their variable rate mortgage changed. It impacted them. So there is always a cost to lie. You know, I I, I put a quote uh, about Frederick Douglass. And the reason why I put that quote about Frederick Douglass, first of all, Frederick Douglass is a hero of mine. But he said something that just resonated with me. And he says, I prefer to be true to myself even at the hazard of incurring the ridicule of others rather than to be false and to incur my own abhorrence. Because when you lie to others, you're also lying to yourself. You may know the truth. Heck, some people may lie so much they don't even know the truth. But he's saying to be true to himself, he, he's truthful. And then when you think about it, when you tell a lie, could you just simply tell the truth? There's a quote. I got this one from Brainy Quote. And it says, for every good reason there is to lie, there is a better reason 
to tell the truth, quote by Bob Bennett. And I believe that. I mean, everybody lies. I get it. But that don't mean everybody should lie. And see, just the saying that everybody lies makes it seem like lying is not so bad. Because everybody does it. Well, remember when your mother said, if everybody jump off the bridge, you're going to jump off the bridge too? (laughs) So that analogy kind of goes there. And so our politicians, as they realize that, no, even if things are bad, you don't tell them it's bad. You try to figure out a way to make it seem not as bad. And then over time it went from, a way to make it not seem so bad to just out and out lie. And they've lied to us so much that have any of you ever heard someone say, well, I'd rather have a politician that lies to me because I know he's going to work the hardest for me because he went to the extent of lying, which really means he wants that job. You see how lying has infected us? and metastasized in our society. You know, there were, and and what we're talking about today on Our Own Voices Live is politicians lie because we support them. And I'm saying that it's a danger to our country. It's a danger to our democracy. Because once you lower your standards in anything, Over time, it makes it easier for you to lower your standards in other things. Whether it's lying, cheating, stealing, it's just a little this. It's it's, it's always predicated on, it's not that bad. It won't hurt. It's really not going to hurt anybody. No one will notice it. No big deal. So then we get the politicians in office, Congress at an all-time low, who lied to us. What's some of the impacts of that? Other than the fact that they lied to us, that's enough, right? But here's one. We as a democratic republic, we like to call it a democracy, we start to lose faith in our politicians. In other words, whatever they say, we assume that is probably a lie. Or we assume that they're probably not going to really do it. And since we assume that they're lying to us or they're not really going to fulfill whatever the promise was, that why should we participate? Because they're not going to do anything that they say anyway. They're just lying to us anyway. So that's one thing that lying does to us is lying begins to break down the fabric of our government because our government is a people-fueled government where we elect our representations for Congress in both houses. We elect our president, and we expect them to go forth and do our bidding. But also often they don't, and then we say, well, we elected them to do this, but they didn't do that. Well, maybe because they lied. Or they misrepresent the truth. Our Congress people put up like a straw man. 
they said that Obamacare would be terrible and it was socialist and it's going to do all of these terrible things that it actually didn't do on its own. But then Congress wanted to make their lie come to fruition. So they didn't do things to support the Obamacare initiative and actually did some things to destroy the structural integrity piece of legislation. Remember we talked about walking into a building, faulty structure? So they took something and then they made it kind of like with the postal system. That was working fine until Congress took money and said, we told you it wasn't working. Well, they did something to it so that it wouldn't work, and then they told us, see, I told you it wasn't working. With the Affordable Care Act, the president stopped advertising it so people stopped signing up for it. Because he said it was going under, there was no reason for the insurance companies to stay in. And then the rhetoric became, see, I told you it was going to fail. See, I told you people would stop signing up for it. But you did something to cause that, but you lied to us. See, that's that structural integrity, and that's what causes so much disenchantment with the system. And then we have politicians who say, we made a promise to you that we were going to do this thing, therefore we must do that thing. Now, they made the promise to do that thing because they set up an argument that what was there was terrible, which it really wasn't. And because they said it was terrible, even though it really wasn't, then you must elect them to office so that they can get rid of that thing that they said that was terrible that really wasn't. So the their election was a fraud. Again, we talked about lies, fraud, integrity, honesty. So everything about it is based on a lie. And then you have to tell another lie to justify the first lie. One of the other quotes, and so many of us have heard it from a child, is, oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. And that's attributed to Sir Walter Scott. So because they told one lie in order to get there, now that they're there and people have an expectation of them to do a thing, they're saying because the people have this expectation of us to do this thing, which we got them to have the expectation based on a lie that we have to go do this thing because that's what the people want. Well, no, the reality is that's not what the people really wanted. You gave them a falsehood. But we believed it. Structural integrity. But then what happens is when we finally realize that we were lied to, do we hold the people who lied to us accountable so that they won't lie to us the next time? And this is the part that's on us. Congress, I believe, has like a 99% re-election incumbency rate. 
So in other words, if you're in Congress, unless you were a man having sex with the male pages, you had about $50,000 in your freezer, in your freezer, like I believe it was uh, Jeffries in Louisiana, unless you're just caught doing something really bad. And even sometimes that's not bad enough. But unless you're just caught doing something really bad, you tend to get reelected. We are the ones who reelect them. And then we get more disenchanted with government by politicians, our elected officials. And because we get more disenchanted with them, less of us participate because we say it's a fraud, it's false, which to a certain extent it is, but it is because we allowed it to be that way. And then because the people who might swing this way or that way are gone and all that we're left are the partisans on either side, it's like a gang war between the blue and the red, the Crips and the Bloods. Well, we got a caller. So today on our show, we're talking about politicians lie because we support them. So welcome to Our Own Voices Live. The topic is politicians lie because we support them. I am Rodney Smith in the air chair. Do you have a question or comment for us? Yeah, good afternoon, sir. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, my name is Mike. Uh, uh, one of the questions I'd ask you first and foremost is politically, from uh, or I should say probably ideologically, do you consider yourself more to the left or to the right? As far as how do you view things? I actually, I actually consider myself a nonpartisan uh, because uh, both parties uh, lie to us. Both parties uh, tend to be more like the Crips and the Blood. And I don't know if you've ever been in a gang territory and you've tried to, you know, you got one side of the street that's Crips and one side of the blood. Well, those in the middle, you know, they don't fare too well. But I'm, I'm one of those people that's in the middle. I try to call it like I see it. Right. And, that, no, and no, that's not what I asked. I didn't ask you what part. I said ideological. What I mean by that is there's no in-between when it comes to ideology. What I mean by that is there's everything is a binary choice. For example, you're either for larger federal government or limited government, either for higher taxes or less effects, either for government regulation or against it. You know, so it, it comes down to what side do you view things like that. That's why we have a Democrat and Republican Party, because they have diametrically opposite ideologies on almost every key issue across the board. And so that's why I and asked the question. Is, yeah, whatever side you align to, one side has actually had a lot more progress than the other. So that's why I so when you say so politicians lie. So hold on. Yeah. Let, me, let me make sure that I, you understand my answer. And okay. I reject your premise of that there can only be one side, this, the binary choice. And I believe that's a Faustian uh, bargain that we should all reject because it's simply not true. There was not always two parties, uh, and definitely there were not Crips and Bloods or Democrats and Republicans in this country, in the American government. So to say that it is only a binary choice is limiting the choices that are actually out there. It's simply not true. There are multiple parties. There are multiple ideologies. There are ideologies that cross and intersect with others. And I would submit to you that 
one of the problems with lying and with our systems today is because we've we've limited ourselves to this Faustian choice of only two parties. So, yes, I still say I have some liberal leanings that some people might label it. I have some very, and some people would say ultra-conservative leanings. I believe in fiscal responsibility. But at the same time, I believe in a strong military, and I believe in social programs. I believe in social security. I believe in income okay. tax. So look at look at each one of those categories separately. For example, let's start when you say you talk about social programs. America has currently one of the largest welfare programs, not only in the world currently, but what the world has ever seen. I mean, we currently have, for example, Medicaid. When Medicaid was formed, it had only 4 million people using it. Now it's over 70 million people. Just to give it an example of what the scope of how big it has become. And so, whatever, if, if you're going to look at it like that, you got to look at, that's why I said, if, depending on what side you're on on certain issues, one side ideology, from an ideological standpoint, has been extremely victorious. And I mean by that the Democrats. Because the Democrats have got America to a point right now, the liberals, I should probably say, where we're on the verge of having universal health care. Okay, so liberals or Democrats? Because you mentioned two different categories. Well, it's one because well, you can be a liberal and not be a Democrat because there are some conservative Democrats, but the but the majority of Democrats are liberal. And if you look at the actual agenda by which the Democrat Party is advancing, it's basically liberal in every category. They have little to very few things you would consider conservative on their agenda. So what I mean by that is, so when you look at from that scope. The left, you could say, in this country has won not only the culture wars, but they've advanced their agenda in a very subtle way because they understood. Have the Democrats, well, have the Democrats yeah. always been liberal? I mean, after all, the Republican Party, the party of Lincoln, that is considered at that time the, what we would call today the liberal party. Well, that's not quite true as well. If you really examine their ideological views, for example, the Republican Party of the 1800s, uh, which was which was against slavery and was for uh, black, you know, Reconstructionism and passed the Civil Rights Act and Enforcement Act of 1872 and 1875, which gave black people full civil rights. If you look at their views on both economics, you look at their social views, you look at their views well, let's the look at the federal views. government. Yeah, all, all let's of look at the views that you mentioned. But let's yeah. look at the views that you mentioned. The Democrats are the creators of the, uh, excuse me, the Republicans were the creators of the Freedmen's Bureau. The Freedmen's Bureau provided social services to those once enslaved African people who were new Americans. They provided them with free health care. They provided them with free education. They provided them with free job training. They helped them even find their former families and wives. So if you talk about being one party or the other, first, the parties aren't even the parties that they say that they are or that they once was because they changed for political expediency. And even though the Republican Party claims to be this one thing, again, they were the party that believed in social programs. And, I, and you mentioned it. When you talk right. about and, and what they, they, and their they civil rights right. back in the 1800s. That, that, 
yeah, that's a that's a that's how the liberals can. I love how they can basically uh, what I call smear people in this sense. What I mean by that is this: the common the common idea in general public now is that conservatives are somehow against helping the poor or social programs. That's not our stance at all. Our stance is about doing it responsibly when you have the money for it, not overspending it when you don't have the money even to pay for it. That's the difference. It's not that people don't care about helping people. It's about we can do it within whatever our means we have. That's the only difference. Now, when it comes to that, that's absolutely true. Is that universally true for conservatives? Yeah, absolutely. So almost every conservative organization. So the subsidies that they give to the farmers, the subsidies that they, and the set-asides that they give to the oil companies. As a matter of fact, allowing oil companies to drill on federal property at no cost to the oil companies. Uh, the, there's nothing wrong with that. Tobacco. Well, wait a minute now. If you say that there's nothing wrong with it, but you're giving something away and there's no money to give away for that. So well, if no, there's that, no money that, to give a, away for private, those other things, hold on. how can that's there be money business. to give away for this? No, that's a private business that's important to you. Now, when you talk about money, let's talk about that. As well, of 2015, hold on, hold on, hold on, because we've got to deal with this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. We, so now, now we, can't, subject, we can't both talk. We can't both talk. See, the thing is, is what you're saying, and it's not that I – disagree with conservatism or liberalism in the modern definition. But what you're saying is you're saying things about them that are not true. And we have to be truthful about this. Just like there's no difference in giving away something simply because one entity is a business and they make money off of what you give and the other entity doesn't make money. Ultimately, no, you because still gain that, that's because the money you, away. you don't understand the scenario. What you're not understanding is, in that regard, you, that's a private business that's going to employ people. And oftentimes, states or even the federal government does these things in order to incentivize or encourage businesses to invest in certain areas, especially areas that, that are in need of employment. Like, for example, take carrier air conditioning in Indiana. They were given a massive tax break. A lot of people objected to it, but the Indiana as a state did it in order to gain some leverage, in order to keep them there and other businesses as well. Well, let's hold on. Before we go on with that, this idea about the, how much money the government has. Okay, as of 2000, in 2015, which is the latest we can look to, the government took in $3.1 trillion in tax revenue. In income tax alone, they got $1.1 trillion. Okay? That's money they took in from citizens in one year. That's federal taxes. That's not, that's not counting the state. So with that $3 trillion, that money was not enough to cover the budget. They had a deficit. So the issue, as a conservative, I'm saying is there's a certain point where you can give and help people, but at some point you have to realize you have to spend within your means. And when you consider how much money the federal government gets, at some point people have to ask the question of what end, what's the, what's, how much can the federal government actually spend in a year? Is $5 trillion enough? Six, seven, eight. Are we going to go all the way up to 10? I mean, what's the limit here? And so that's why I say fundamentally, if you're somebody that's for a large centralized government, which many far-left progressives are, are for, then you should be happy. Because that, that, from that standpoint, that's been a successful and it's been achieved. But so I told you, you I'm not for that, though. But I didn't say you were. I'm saying, I'm you, saying for a, for when a you said you should not be for it. You said you 
should no, not no. be forced. Well, you, you didn't hear when I said if you are a progressive, a far leftist, you should be happy about that. That's a success. That's an achievement. Just like the healthcare situation has been a huge success for the left. Well, so, brother, why would you, you say that if you know that that's if you're not representing me and you and I are talking about you and me right now because you asked me what was my ideology, what party was I a conservative, which side of the two, and you mentioned two specific ones. That's how you preface your question and the start of your conversation. So, okay, but I'll go with how you say you're talking in general. Go ahead. Okay, so my point being, 30 years ago, the idea that America would have a single-payer government health care system was considered unthinkable. No one thought that could actually happen, including Barack Obama back in 2007 when he gave a speech at an SEIU union meeting in which he talked about how they had to get health care in a more subtle, slowly, and slow kind of gradual way. And if you look at it now, with this whole you know, Affordable Health Care Act, this thing has become a bridge from – our, our previous healthcare system to single payer, and that's where we're headed for. I mean, that's basically what it's set up to be. So, from that standpoint, again, if you're a leftist, a progressive, and progressives believe in a powerful centralized government that has more and more control over private industry, because fundamentally their views are in line with a more of a Marxist view of economics, which is having this all production decentralized in a central authority, whether it be the government or a main central governing body. So in that regard, they're being very successful because that's happening. Our government is about to control one-sixth of the economy once they have full government health care. That's a massive success for the left. And if you talk about from a social standpoint, 30 years ago, if someone told you America would have gay marriage, you would have thought that's unpopular. That would never happen. But again, the left, because of their subtle and gradual process and their ability to take over all the major spheres of influence like education, the media, the news media, and have more control of a government bureaucracy, they have managed to pull that off, and look where we're at today. So, okay, so don't, give, don't that, give us too much. Don't give us okay. too much because, you know, we want to be able to discuss it, right? So when you right. talk about uh, health care, the interesting thing about that is you say that it's liberal or, or less, or you give it other labels. But the Republicans, many of them who are in Congress today, just before President Obama got into office, supported universal health care. As a matter of fact, our current POTUS, before he got into office, and every once in a while he mentions it now that he's in office, supports universal health care. He even said that we are not going to have people dying on the streets. We're going to cover everybody. He said the thing that you just proposed is mean. And it doesn't cover, we have to have these other things that some people would label to the left or liberal or even socialist. So here's what, what I have to say about all that. Because it is not accurate that the left or the liberals are the only ones who want these things because the reality of it was it was conservatives who were Republicans who also no, you, wanted you, you, you things before President Obama. You, you uh, did it again. with John McCain. Uh, yeah, John a, McCain is considered, Republican. what is John McCain? No, John McCain is considered a, a moderate, which 
No, no. Just because you're a Republican, remember, that doesn't make you conservative. Just like just because you're a Democrat doesn't make you a liberal. For example, you got Susan Collins in Maine, who's a, who claims to be a Republican, but has a very liberal ideology. That's why she refused to vote to repeal the Obamacare Act back in 2015. Same could be said for Susan Murkowski in Alaska. Same can be said for a guy like the governor of Ohio, John Kasich. There are, there are many, not few. There's the majority of the Republican Party will be considered moderate or left. The conservatives would be someone like that? Mike Lee. Mike Lee, no, you can tell by the ideology. You can examine someone like Mike Lee. From you, it's who, about who the ideology. That? Because conservatism because has certain all, principles. No, it isn't. Just because you have an R, your ideology is not determined by what letter you have by your name. It's determined by your ideology and your philosophy. That's what determines whether you're conservative or liberal. Isn't the topic of our show today politicians lie because we support them? Because all of those politicians that I mentioned, when John McCain ran for office, he said he was a conservative. He even got in a shouting match. With somebody about just how conservative he was, we had no. But most Republicans. most Republicans don't consider him to think that he is. I mean, that's well, why his nickname was I'm the just, Maverick because he was a moderate. We are talking that's why about the Demo- lies. That's why the Democrats aren't, like him because he agrees with them we, on most issues. But brother, aren't we talking about lies though? That was the that's, basis of our show. That's my and how point. How politicians lie to us. Yeah, but you, so when you if, say that they lie, it, it's in the context of whether or not they actually deliver for the constituents that are voting for them. And my point being, depending on what platforms or issues you're advocating for that you want to see done, whether it be by your politicians or the federal government or the state level, depending on what issue, certain issues politicians have been successful at for their particular constituent group. It's it, not a broad brush all the across the board. But what do you mean? Well, before you use a general term, when you said you, and I said, you said, no, I'm not, I'm talking about these, but again, okay, I'll let you define it, and I'll go by your definition, but it's about lying. It's not what the outcome is. It's about lying. The end, did the end justify the means? Is that what well, you're depends, saying? I, that it's okay well, it depends for on what to issue. lie to us? Well, hold I on. I never said anyone was thinking about okay. Let's stay specific. So we're talking about lying, though, and we're talking about politicians lying. It doesn't make a difference whether you're Crips or Blood, whether you're red or blue. It is the impact of lying and what it has on our electorate, what it has, the impact that it has on our country, the way that we interact with one another. So it doesn't make any difference whether this person lied and they were successful. If they lied... They lied, or now you tell okay, me if well, I'm wrong in that. Okay, okay. Let me make it clear, 100% clear, and I'm making a straight point about this. When you vote for a politician, you're not voting for the person; you're voting for a particular policy or ideal. Meaning by that, when you vote for someone, you say, "Well, I want X, Y, and Z done, right? Whatever the issues may be," and you look for a politician who's going to support the ideas that you want to see done. And the hope is that when that person gets in office. What, or as a party, that they achieve whatever goal you voted for them in the first place. So, for example, if you voted for, like, you like the, for example, let's say you want single-payer health care, and you voted for that, and you want to see the country eventually have that, if I'm, if I'm, that's a position I have, I'd be happy. Why? Because I see progress towards the very thing I want to see done. Similarly, if you, for example, let's say you want tax cuts, and you say, okay, well, 
Trump and the Republicans are advocating to do the tax cuts on certain, in certain areas. Okay, I'll vote for that. And if they achieve that, then great. If they fail that, then they, then they didn't come through with what I wanted. That's the determination on whether or not a politician is successful or not. Regardless whether they lie, all politicians have lied from the very foundation of this country because there's never ever been such thing as a government that's devoid of corruption throughout the entire history of human civilization. Shouldn't we strive for that, though? Isn't well, that that's the impossible. Idea? Well, that's an idea that's achieving impossible. But it. well, it's all about ideology. What, what's the root word of ideology? So all of this is about ideas and the ideology of this country, as I shared earlier with member George Washington and the cherry tree. I talked about honest Abe Lincoln, honest Abe. Those were ideas that were given down to us to help us have honesty. But but he wasn't honest. Honesty and integrity, right? Those were the things. Yeah, but but neither neither one of those men had that. Those were things that were used to get us to perceive it because that's what we knew. So if yeah, that's, what you're that's saying for naive is people. lie, well, the majority of people may not know. I mean, we, that's how we are. Well, that's people. their fault. People lie to us. Well, I yeah, well, that's, that's, that's only if you're a naive person. Well, then that's it. I well, mean, for example, a, I'm asking you directly. Do you, think, do you think that there's a lot of truthful people in the world? Honestly, uh, just from a reality standpoint. I, I think there are a lot of people who tell the truth, sure. No, but I, I mean, you're, I mean, I'm talking on a consistent basis. Yeah, I think a lot of people tell the truth on a consistent basis. Okay, so, 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 are you are you more prone to trust people or give people the benefit of the doubt? I give some people the benefit of the doubt of the doubt. Sure. Okay, well, for but myself, that's, I, I don't that you I don't are, look at it like that. I assume people are lying prove, until proven otherwise. But once, okay, but that's how you do it, though. That's, right, because that's reality. That is the, because, because most well, people lie. That's your reality. I no, no, that's that the majority of the lie. world. I did well, I mean, if you study that history, that's all you lie. see. Yeah, but that's my point. Brother, Anytime you have power and wealth consolidated, that's what's going to happen. You have corruption. You have underneath table so you deals. Lie. You have all this backroom stuff. That's so what happens. lie with well, I, I'm talking about what we're happens. talking about in, in regards to the government. Anytime you have a country okay. like America, for example, that's a pinnacle nation that has an economy worth $15 trillion a year and has a military defense budget greater than all the rest of the world combined, of course there's going to be corruption. How can there not be? There's too much money and power in one area. That Should, always happens. Okay. I, I, but I, my argument isn't of what is. My this discussion is the damage of what lying does to us. Lying is unhealthy for us physically. Lying is unhealthy for us mentally. Lying also hinders us as a democratic republic from being what we say that we are. Because if we are lying about who we are, then that nullifies all of those other things or a good percentage okay. of them. Lying about say. what exactly? Because we like what? What are well, you referring to? When you talk about lies, but specifically, like what you talking about? You talking about like campaign promises that politicians make? What exactly are okay. you referring? Okay, yeah, to? let's start there. Let, well, let, let's start there because we're talking about politicians. So, if a politician says he's going, he or she, 
is going to do this, but he or she gets okay. elected because we vote for them because they said they're going to do this. But then they get in office and they do that. Well, I'm wanting to know what happened to this because I didn't vote for you to do to that. And then if they say, oh, no, that was just in the campaign. Right. Like to make it all right. Exactly. Like what the Republicans did last week. Well, they promised promised the voters across the line. Yeah, but but in this case, I, I can honestly say that the Republicans are being worse at it than Democrats because, in my opinion, the Democrats do a much better job of actually advancing their agenda. For example, Republicans promised to repeal Obamacare. That's what all of us voted for them. That's how they got the House and Senate, not just on the federal level, but that's how they've won 33 state houses and have the majority of governorships in this country. But what happened when push came to shove and we had a Republican president who was ready to sign the repeal bill, all of a sudden they're all backing off. So that's an example of that. Exactly. But on the, so on the Democrat side, but on the Democrat side, when the Democrats have said well, we want to get to government health care, we want to, they they were able to push through Obamacare and got it despite all the fights that were there. They managed to get it done. When it came to the issue of gay marriage, they were successful in achieving that. And every other major fight that there's ever been between the left or the right, Democrat versus Republican, the Democrats eight times out of ten come out victorious. Consistently. That's not even debatable. I, I say this as a former what Democrat. What does that have to myself. do with lying though? We're talking about no, no, well, well you, I mean, look at lying. Well, look at what look at what you just defined to me. I actually give. Well, let's talk about that. You gave an example of during the campaign, if a politician makes a promise in a certain area to deliver, and they don't deliver on that, or they do something opposite of that, that's an example of them lying. What I'm trying to say to you is, the Republicans do that very thing far more often than Democrats do, because when Democrats make a promise lie? to theirs, no, I'm talking about not actually doing. What they promised on the campaign trail That's what I'm talking so about That's your definition Well is there a different definition No I'm going off what you just Gave it as an example but What I tried to tell you right. earlier Is that one side has done a much Better job than the other side That's what I'm saying Okay I, I, I mean I accept you, What you're saying but it still doesn't Change the theme of the, of the show Today is that lying Lying. Yeah, but that's never going to end. I mean, that to to make an issue out of lying to this extent is to make the is having the idea that it could ever actually stop. Well, it's not going to stop because we've had no examples all throughout all of human history that that can ever be the case. So that's an idea so that we all that know lying, is not going to happen. So you don't think that lying is a bad thing? I never said that. I said that it won't stop. No, well, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm asking. Of course, you. I think because it's a the bad show's thing. about lying. Yeah, and but at the same time, I have to be practical. Okay, but do we strive to be the best that we can be? Isn't that yeah, what you can Americanism strive. is of all course. about? Right. And you can try to you can and try so, to jump to the moon, but you're only going to go so far. I mean, it's we got at some point you got to also well, deal we, with reality. Well, we sent rocket ships to the moon. John Kennedy said we're going. No, I'm to talking the moon. about People physically. I'm talking about physically. No, you know exactly the point I was trying to make. But anyways. The point being, yeah, at some you point, you got to realize. I'm trying to make. I get that, but at the same time, you're talking about human nature. Uh, aspirational, but to try to use the example of us flying to the moon, as if that's up to this point, that's different. That's innovation and technology. You're talking about an issue of human mm-hmm. character. Character is very different. Character has to do with the regards of the heart and the mind of an individual. 
and what motivates them. Do you believe? Do you believe that we should have the best character? Well, that also that also depends on your worldview. We live in a country now no, that's embracing I'm your worldview. In my worldview, absolutely, because I, because I believe that morality is objective and absolute. But we, when we live in a country that's embracing moral relativism and that morals and, and ethics are just a subjective thing, like an opinion or a taste, then how can you really make an objection in it, to any ethical behavior? That's the problem we have in America today. Well, isn't that what the – see, now you're kind of confusing because isn't that what the show's about? Is It's about lying, something that is – an abhorrent behavior. I never said that people do not lie. I said I'm talking about the dangers, the damages the, in politics specifically that lying causes, how it impacts not only our political system, but how it impacts how we interact with each other on a daily basis. I also, if you, I'm not sure if you heard the beginning of the show, I talked about structural integrity and how so many people do not believe in the integrity of our institution, and it doesn't make a difference whether it's the, the Crips or the Bloods, the Reds or the Blues, Republicans or Democrats. People are losing faith in it. And as a democratic republic, a one that has a representative government, that, would, that seems to me to hinder the whole concept, or as you would say, ideology of Americanism and who we are supposed to be. That's right. What that, would, that would about. only work. That would, that would that whole determination would be based upon the standard by which you judge American government. This is what this is the key thing why I brought up the issue of people being pragmatic or idealistic. When you when you judge America against an ideal concept of what you think the country should be then, of course, you can give it failing grades all across the board. But when you actually judge America against other actual countries and other civilizations that have existed throughout the history of mankind, you find that America actually grades very high in almost every single category. And so there's always going to be corruption in government. No, but there's always going to be corruption in government. At this point, I think this is about as good as it's going to get, to be realistic with you, because we've seen nothing throughout human history to tell us otherwise. Because if you can point to another country or nation or kingdom, especially a pinnacle nation, that's, that's an important thing to emphasize. It's one thing to judge America against, say, a third world country. It's another thing to judge it against another, another country that has the same amount let's or judge it by itself. to wealth. Let's judge, judge it by itself. itself. What does let's that mean? How can you judge America, it by itself? America, it's kind of like weightlifting. You go in one week and you lift five pounds. And you hope the next week when you go in, you can lift seven pounds or ten pounds or whatever the next weight level is. America and American exceptionalism that we pride ourselves on is about Which being is the best and and yeah, doing it better. Are. And we don't and they, and we, we look at other countries, we look at them right. as being less than because of right. us. We also look at us as being a moral on the moral high ground. That's why we supposedly have these various restrictions on us when we fight our wars and how we conduct ourselves with our own people. So when we judge America, not by okay. some other country's standard, but when we judge America by America's by standard. standard. Okay, so by America's standard. Okay, so America, so for we, start with number one, on your two points, with American, American exceptionalism, 
and, and also American morality. As far as American morality, I agree with you. America, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but I feel like America morally is not superior than most countries. In fact, most other countries in the world, I think, have a, a far better standard of ethics within their own society than America does. And I think America is more of a negative influence. But in regards to military and, eco- and economy, there's no question America is the number one country in the world without any doubt. It's not even debatable. We can't even discuss that. So on one so regard, America we have the is best the most mil- Hold on, I just want to make sure I'm following you, and it really is yeah. important for me to understand your point, and I want the listeners to understand your point. What you're saying, I believe what you said and meant, is that America has the best and or strongest military, right? Yes, and the best economy. Okay. Okay, and it has it does have the largest economy in the world. That is true. So as I grew up, one of the things that they talked about was America was such a great country and was such a prosperous nation. And because our productivity was so much greater than every other country, that our citizens at the time and in the future would live a life less laborious than any other nation. We would have the best of everything. We would have the best health care. We would have the best military. We would have the best of food. We would have the best of, basically, we would just have the best of everything. And right. we would and be the best did. people. And well, I don't know what I'm saying is America, is well, America has made great strides due to capitalism. See, I'm not against capitalism. It has okay. made great strides due to capitalism. But of course. you said we have to be realistic and we have to be pragmatic. We can also right. say that due to capitalism, it has consumed a certain extent of the moral high ground that we used to have, the ideology of us being a moral nation. So if that is, again, well, measuring America, America by lost morality. America, okay, well, it doesn't make any difference where it lost it, per se, for this discussion. It's the fact that it has been on a descent from where it was. And you had mentioned some things, of how could we measure so I can say that, and you, I think we actually agreed. Well, where's my bell? I'm going to have to hit my bell because we agreed on something. Is that we can see that America is possibly in a moral decline from where it would be, where it was. And what I'm saying is that lying has contributed to it, and this is from a pragmatic standpoint, is because you, ha- you lose integrity. And when you lose integrity in a system as in a structure, you become weary of that structure, that system, because you don't oh, know I if see. it's going to be able to protect you. Oh, so you think America's government has become more corrupt over time and lying has increased over time? You actually think that? You know, so I, can, I don't have proof that it has. Uh, because a lot of the things that we might be exposed to today simply may not have been available to us in the past. But I can say that what I am seeing today, what I am hearing today, so this is not hyperbole, this this is that reality, is that, yes, there is more lying overtly going on to us and that we can see the damage that that lying is doing when it comes to our 
just looking at our political system, we have less people engaged today. The hallmark of America was that it was a citizen-powered government, a representative government. But we have less people involved in that. We spend a lot of money fighting wars to bring our form of government to other countries because it was people-centered and we thought it was the best. So, okay, I I get that. I I fought in our country's wars. But at the same time, though, if that is not who we are and we are on the decline, I'm saying that, yes, we should aspire to be who we say that we are. That doesn't mean that we're going to be 100%, but I tell you what, if we only shoot to be 55%, since most people don't achieve their goal, then we might not even reach the 55%. So when it comes to lying and the structural integrity of our institutions, of our political system, I think that our politicians, as I said earlier, lie because we support them in doing it and we reward them. Now, I'm also suggesting that if we stopped supporting them in doing it and we stopped rewarding them for doing it, then it pushes them, if they want our vote, to stop the, at least slow it down, go back in hiding, do something. But preferably, it should decrease the amount of lying. It should cause a decrease in corruption overall, because if your form of government and your leadership is overtly corrupt and overtly lying to you, then, of course, the people underneath, because I don't know if you're in the military or not, but, you know, we used to have a say it flows, it flows downhill. It's like a snowball. It, it gains more momentum, more steam, and more people doing it, where we distrust everybody and everything. And if we distrust everybody and everything, how can we even say that we're the United States of America? You mentioned that, at best, we're the divided states of America, at least by half, in the Crips and the Bloods, the red and the blues. And what I'm talking and about we, is we, we've always is been universal. Divided. Yeah, America has never been united. It's always been divided on different lines all throughout its history, whether it been by religious lines, ethnic lines, political lines. It's always been together because human beings, that's what human beings do. So when we talk but about countries, we find ways to work together, though? But didn't of course, we find, ways, all, didn't we and, find and, common and ground? That's the point I was trying to make all along to you, which is, Despite human corruption and corrupt government, which, like I said before, always existed, America has been able to operate the best in line, along with the corruption, to the point where it still leaves the rest of the country somewhat, you know, decent for the rest of the citizens. I'll give you an example. In America, unlike most places ever in the history of the world, you can be born in poverty and actually grow economically, actually go up the ladder. That's very rare throughout human history. In America, you have a freedom of expression, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, freedom of worship. These are all freedoms that have been very rare throughout the history of mankind. Most people did not have this in whatever nation or civilizations they were a part of. So in many regards, from a, from a single individual like you and me, a common citizen, everyday person, we have more freedom and economic opportunity than the vast majority of human beings that have ever lived on the planet. That's, that in itself makes America a great country. No argument for me. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not here to argue and say that we're not. 
great or that we're not better than a lot of what come before us. Actually, I'm on the same side as you in that, but I'm not settling them. And I wasn't taught as an American to settle. We always taught that, like I used the analogy before, going for the moon, is when John Kennedy, when President Kennedy said we're going to the moon, nobody had ever been there before. But it was an aspiration, and it unified us. And it actually was pretty important for economic development, too, because there was a lot of business that came about for it. So when we, I'm one who believes that when we shoot for the best, we become better. It pushes us. It pushes us in many ways. And it is what yeah, has helped propel America to be this country that you described as great. It was through the unity, the bond, not to say that we were 100%. I'm not saying that. But we had something that gave us a commonality that we could rally around. We don't have civil wars in this country like in other countries because we have a constitution that provides well, we did have all of those things that – well, we had a civil war. I said we don't have right. civil wars. Yeah, plural. We don't have civil wars. And one of the reasons okay. why we don't have civil wars is because we have a pretty good document called the Constitution. Not perfect, obviously, but considered next to all the other documents, if it's not the best, it's definitely at the top of the list. And I'm saying that we should bring more of those things in the Constitution to fruition, and we should be the best. Well, they, they We have everything. Fruition. What are you talking about? When you talk about the Bill of Rights, show me one, one right or – uh, liberty that as a, as a citizen that you're being withheld from or I don't have access to. No, I'm saying I'm saying that we are not as good as we can be, and we have to constantly strive to maintain what we have. The old saying, "Freedom isn't free." We have to constantly stri- strive to maintain that, right, and we have to constantly a- strive to improve it. That's right, what you're making a category here. Not selling. Yeah, you're you're talking about an issue of character and ethics. That's not that's not like when you use the comparison of the moon. That's a technological that's innovation. That's 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 very different because what you're talking about is changing somebody's heart and mind and their character. That's not like something that the government can do or as we can do as a country. That's a, that goes by individual by individual. That's a matter of the heart. So that's a whole different issue altogether. And when you live in a country uh, that's we, become secular, that's embracing... Like do I we have before, laws against moral murder? Do we, have, do we have laws against theft? Do we have laws against graft? We have a yes. lot of laws here that it didn't change the person's heart or mind that committed those acts, but it definitely gave a penalty for those who committed yeah, those acts. That's, that's a crime. Now, does it change... You can associate a penalty with lying acting? now? Yes. I'm like sorry, what? say that again. You're going to associate a criminal penalty with lying? What are you going to do? Cut off people's tongues? I mean, what are you going to do, man? Perjury is a criminal penalty for lying. Yeah, but that, that has, that's under so we already in a court. That's different. No, but we You're already talking have. about the lying. No, it's not different. For example, if a, politi- if a politician lies about a campaign promise, that's not perjury. Perjury has to do no, with no, no. lying you, under you oath. Said, you said lying. You know, you said we're speaking in general. Well, in general, yes, 
there is provision for if you lie, that can be a criminal offense. Does it change yeah, but not, the not in the lies? context you're talking I don't about. Know. You're, you're talking about in a political context, in a, in a cultural context. That's not the same no, no, category no, I'm as perjury. Our show is about impact of lying on the political world as well as how it impacts us okay. as Americans. So how, how would you get people to lie less? How would you achieve that? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is like anything else is you have to make it something that is not acceptable, that you don't reward people for doing. There's also penalties, not necessarily legal penalties, but there's societal penalties too. So when people lie, you don't laud them for their lies. Actually, it should be the opposite because that is the, it spoils the integrity of our society. It also spoils the integrity of our political system. And these things are, they work hand in hand. It's not like one is totally mutually. Well, how, how could they the spoil other. it? How, how would they spoil it if we've had lying politicians and lying government officials from the beginning? That's been the case throughout well, the entire mean, history. So we've had murderers from the beginning, but we still have laws on the books for murder. So just right. because you have a thing does not mean that you settle and say, Ah well, people are still doing this, so we just gonna. That's just how it is. No, we well, have things in place. It, it didn't. It, it didn't it, stop it us from is how it is, but we don't settle. But we don't. But we don't settle for how it is. What do you mean? We don't settle for how it is. Well, we basically that's, won that's, the war. That goes we, against. We won, that goes we won against the battle Americanism. No, it doesn't. Americanism is based on the fundamental and the idea of competition. And the fact that America, in regards of competing, has beat every other country in the world. It's not even close. So in that regard, America has been extremely successful. It started out as a series of 13 colonies that were under British tyranny. You fast forward 200 years, it's the number one superpower in the world. How is that not a success? No, I didn't see you. I think you misunderstood I've never said that America is not successful, nor have I said it has not had successes. What I said is that a part of American exceptionalism and Americanism is that we do not settle for where we are. We strive for to go further. We didn't stay in just the 13 colonies. We pushed forward to the Western frontier. There was a time when a part of Kentucky was the Western frontier. Oklahoma was the Western frontier. Michigan was the Western frontier. But then we pushed west, where then that became okay. These are states now. And then the new frontier is we pushed. We just kept pushing. America keeps pushing to improve itself. And just like we did it then in those areas. I say, as an American, we should do continue to push ourselves to be the best in every area, and we okay, should so not. You mean, admitted that America okay, was so all you're saying is moral just decline. Hold our politicians. So you just tell me basically what it is. You just hold our politicians more accountable, so that there's more of a swifter justice, or there's a more of a level of accountability when they don't hold up to what they promise. Basically, that's pretty much it, right? So we as voters. No, that's not it. That's not it. 
that's that's not it. Well, how what else I are you going to curtail was, politicians? What I, what I well, no, I said that's we we should do that, but I said there's reasons to do it because it impacts us not just politically, but it also impacts us socially, and the impact that we are experiencing in that moral decline that you were talking about that we. I believe we both agreed on lying is a part of that moral decline, a lack of trust, a lack of integrity. Right, but that's the all politicians a part are of the least, moral decline. Yeah, but the politicians are really far down the list when you talk about what caused the decline in American morality. That's very different. That, politicians are just a reflection of our culture. You talk about what actually caused that. You have to talk about issues like how America embraced secularism, which the fundamental keys of secularism is moral relativity. And most Americans don't even understand why that's important. Because prior to 1960, most of the Americans held an idea that morals were objective and absolute because they came from God. Today, we live in a secular society that believes that all morals and ethics came from man, which makes it relative. So means that ethics and morality is nothing more than anything different than your favorite flavor of ice cream. So when that's the core of your worldview, of course you're going to see a moral okay. decline. Okay, that, we got that's, 60 that's seconds. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so everybody, thank and brother, what's your name? Michael. Was, was it Mike? Michael. Yes, uh, I want to thank Michael for calling in for a robust discussion. Thank all of you for listening. Sorry I didn't get to your calls. Uh, I wanted to give Michael had a lot of stuff he wanted to say, and I wanted to make sure that uh, he got it out. So you can make your determination of who we are and what we are as a country. Where are we and what do we want to strive to be? I believe we should always strive to be the best because that is the America. That is American exceptionalism. That is Americanism that I know. And I still say Politicians lie because we support them, and we need to stop supporting them, stop allowing them, and maybe just as important, if not more so, to stop rewarding them when they lie. Well, there it is, right on the button. See you back here next Saturday. Go to Our Own Voices Live on Facebook and let us know what you think of the show. Talk to you next week, everybody, if not before. This is Rodney Smith for Our Own Voices Live. Our show topic today was politicians live because we support them, and I say we have to stop it. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.